Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you'll find several, several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Dave. Hi, my name is Dave. I'm a compulsive overreader. This pedestal is weird. I'm already really tall. If you, if you can't see me, if you're listening, I'm already really tall. So, yeah, no, that's a great idea. Much more comfortable. I'm on solid ground. All right. Um, thank you for asking me to speak. Um, just to get the numbers out of the way, um, I have been abstinent since June of 2015. Um, I've worked the 12 steps. I have a sponsor. I sponsor guys. Um, I've lost 80 pounds, and my life has completely changed. Um, so uh, tonight I'm going to talk about what happened, uh, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, so is like racing. This is crazy. Let's just get that out of the way. I, so uh, before I got abstinent, before I like was abstinent and could stay abstinent, I used to listen to these podcasts and I would like eat bowls of cereal and go to bed and like fall asleep listening to light a candle. And this was long before I ever lived in LA. And I just thought like, that must be the promised land. Like someday I'm going to get there. Someday, like I won't eat a box of cereal before going to bed. And like, you know, maybe someday I won't hate myself, or maybe someday I'll, like, have a little bit of peace. Um, but it was like, it was just like a, it was just like an audiophile, you know? That's, that's what this was to me. It was just, like, so abstract, and, 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 and I just didn't get it. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's rewind, and we'll come back to that. Um, so, I was born in a little town called Black California on the Arizona-California border, a little farming town. My father was an alcoholic, um, and he got sober 28 years ago this week, actually. Um, I was six years old at the time, and um, five or six, and um, I don't remember anything before that in my life. Um, I, I, I've been told by family members that there was a lot of abuse in that house. Um, and, and that's not the house I, I really remember growing up in. I remember growing up in a, in a sick house with a lot of yelling and fighting. Um, but I don't remember any physical abuse or anything like that. Um, but I do remember being in fear. I do remember being deathly afraid of the other kids at school. Um, one, of my, one of my first memories as a kid is... Um, sitting in a field crying at school and this girl came up to me and she was like why, why aren't you playing with everyone what's wrong why don't you want to play and I was like the kids playing basketball don't want to play by the rules you know they, they don't want to do it my way and like already as a little kid probably first or second grade I was already like felt that, that sense of just needing to control the world around me and not being able to. And if only everything outside of me was different, then what was inside of me would be okay. Um, and that, that is the great lie that I tell myself. If only 
everything outside of me was different, I, I'd be okay inside. Um, food was a problem for me pretty early. Um, well, food was a problem for me starting in junior high. I would come home from school and I would sit in a chair. I would pull the rocking chair right up to the TV, so it was like, you know. And I'd get a sleeve of saltines and a big pitcher of lemonade, and I'd sit there and saltines and lemonade, flour and sugar, salt and sugar, um, for two hours every day. And I'd watch Star Trek The Next Generation. And, um, yeah, and um, that, was, that was my safe zone, you know. I got teased at school. That called me names. I was tall and lanky and not that athletic, but I tried really hard to play all the sports, and I got really good grades, and, like, I didn't know how to get along with people. So, you know, kids are mean, kids tease kids, and that's what happens. And, uh, and I was in a lot of pain. I was afraid of all of those kids. I was afraid of my teachers, and my teachers were, were kind people for the most part. Um, and I'd get home, and I just felt safe when I could eat and eat and eat. And, um, you know, then my mom would make dinner, and I'd be like, all right, let's eat. You know, so, um, so I didn't have a problem putting away food. And, and no one thought it was a problem at the time because I was, I was a really tall kid, and I just kept growing, and, and um, I wasn't particularly heavy. Um, when I was going into high school, we moved to South Orange County, California, and that was a whole different world to me. And these kids were all tall and good-looking and smart and athletic and competitive. And they all knew each other. And they all had a lot of money. And I just felt so out of place. And I hated it. And I was so scared of them. And, um, and I started wearing a lot of black clothes and, um, you know, painting my, painting my nails black and, and, and listening to goth music. And... Um, and, and I found people that I related to in high school. Thank God. I found solutions for my disease in high school. Um, I found other people that were like me, and um, I found drugs and alcohol. And it changed my life. I was fine. I could relate to people. I was comfortable around you. I could talk to you. And it was like I had discovered the secret to life, you know? Oh, like a connection to other people relating to other human beings. Like that, like, mysterious fog that had been between me and everyone else was, like, finally lifted. And, and all of that fear and all of those thoughts inside my head that told me that I wasn't good enough, I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't athletic enough, I wasn't good enough, had, like, cleared. And I could, I could get through the day. Um, and, and I am so grateful for that. Um, it probably saved my life. Um, I went off to college, and um, food wasn't really a problem in college. Drugs and alcohol were a problem. And, um, and they worked for a while until they didn't work. And when they didn't work, food became a problem. And, um, and food, food kept working. Um, the drugs and alcohol were a problem for a really long time. Um, when I was in my mid-twenties, things started to fall apart, and I couldn't, I couldn't stay in college. I, it took me ten years to graduate from college. I couldn't stay in college. 
I couldn't keep paying the rent and, and have a place to live. I couldn't um, have relationships. My family didn't really want much to do with me. And um, and I became psychotic. I was I was I was drinking and using a lot of drugs. And I was not the kind of like get arrested, go to jail alcoholic. I was the kind of um, try and kill myself and go spend a few weeks in a, in a mental health facility kind of alcoholic. Um, and um, you know, one suicide attempt, and and I woke up from uh, from a coma, and with my mom just looking at me, and um, it's like I cannot keep doing this. And um, and and I had at that point I had spent about two years just wanting to die, just wanting to end my life, and um, just wanting some way out of this this life that I was living um, because. What was going on in my head was not was not okay, you know. Not only did I did I had those that fear and those thoughts come back that I'm not good enough and I hate myself, but but I was paranoid and I hated you and I didn't know what was real and what wasn't. And um, so I can really relate in the big book when it talks about you know we didn't know the truth and the false because I, I really didn't. Um, and. Um, and, you know, I, I said my dad's been sober for, for 28 years, and, and so I said, okay, take me to those meetings, and, and I went, and, um, and it took another five years before I was willing to, like, completely surrender. And at that point, I had um, grown to about 350 pounds and, um, and was finally ready to just let go of, of, of drugs and alcohol and, and give the 12 steps a shot. And it completely transformed my life. Um, I, uh, I I met a guy who said, your problem is not drugs and alcohol. Your problem is what you think. What you think is usually false, and you don't know that it's false. You trust what's going on inside your head, and you believe it, and then you act on it. Um, and so we're going to talk about your thinking. I want you to call me every day and tell me what you're thinking, what you're doing, and what you're planning on doing. Um, okay, and I'd, I'd call him up and I'd say, uh, hey, um, yeah, I was thinking that, you know, I don't like my coworkers. I'm thinking of going to, you know, get something to eat after work. I'm like, all right, call me tomorrow. And I'd be like, okay. And I'd call him and I'd say, you know, today I was thinking about, you know, how nice it is outside. And finally, like, after a couple of days of this, he was finally like, don't call me with this. Like, get a little pad of paper, one of those little spiral notebooks, and write down the things that you think throughout the day. I don't want to hear it's a nice day outside, because I know that's not what's going on inside your head. <laughs> and, um, and, and he was right. So I started to write it down, and I started to call him, and I, and I started to tell him, you know, the really, the really dark stuff that was going on inside of my head. Um... And he'd say, you know, that's that's your disease. That's your disease. That's your disease talking to you. Um, and we went through the steps, and um, and I did everything that he told me to do. I did everything he told me to do. If he said jump, I said how high, and it completely changed my life. Um, I went from being homeless to like finishing college, getting a teaching credential, like having a really good life in a really short period of time. Um, 
but I didn't I didn't get a higher power in that time. Um, and after after a year of um, sobriety, he he said, "Dude, you're you're still really big, and you're still um, you're still treating your disease. You're not treating it with drugs and alcohol, but you're treating it with food." Um, and you're not treating it with the program. You're not treating it with God. Um, you should probably go check out this other program. So I went, and um, my first meeting was was Pizza Box in Irvine, and uh, it's a it's a great meeting. There's a lot of really really great recovery there. Um, and what I heard four years ago was, and this is not what was said, but what I heard four years ago was, eat oatmeal in the morning. <laughs> Go to El Pollo Loco for lunch and have two side salads and two chicken thighs and corn tortillas for lunch. And then do the same thing for dinner and then go to bed and do that same thing the next day. And if you do that, you'll be abstinent. And if you don't do that, then you're not. I don't think anybody told me that, but that's, that's what I heard, you know? <laughs> With a year of with a year of sobriety, having worked the twelve steps, already sponsoring people in the other program, I didn't hear steps. I didn't hear God. I didn't hear recovery. I didn't hear that there was a solution. I heard, um, you know, this isn't a diet; it's a meal plan, and you're gonna, you know, do it, and you'll be okay. And I'd do it for a couple of days, and then um, something in life would happen, and I'd eat a box of cereal before bed, and I'd. I'd, I'd go to bed and I'd wake up feeling hungover, feeling all this shame and remorse, hating myself again. You know, and I wouldn't call that guy the next day. And then I'd call him a week later and he'd be like, hey, where you been? You know, are you going to go to El Pollo Loco today? And, um, <laughs> and, and, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this. And, and I'd do it again. And, and the cycle would repeat. And, and so that was the time in my life where I was you know, I would hear this light a candle podcast and um, and just think this is unattainable. This is I have kicked so many I had kicked so many things in my life at that point. My life had completely radically altered. I had a totally new conception of of life, of my disease, of myself, of other people. And I, and I still was treating my disease with food and with sugar. And um, so what happened? Um, um, I decided never to go back to OA. And um, two years later, um, I went, um, it, was, it was summer. I'm very lucky I have a job where I don't have to work over summer. And I went to the doctor and he said, you're going to die. You're not going to die tomorrow. You're not going to die in a couple months, probably, but eventually, if you keep eating like you're eating, you're going to die. And um, he said, why don't we try this all-liquid protein shake <laughs> diet, and um, if you do it, you'll lose, you know, this much weight in this much time. And I just thought, oh, my God, is that really what it's come to? Um, I said, no, thank you. Um, there's, a, there's a place I know about, and I'm going to go back there. And he said, okay, good luck. Come back. Come back if it doesn't work. Um, and it's like, I'm not going back to that doctor. Um, 
So I went to an LA meeting that day, and I've been going to LA meetings since, and I've been absent since that day. Um, I uh, I started going to the 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 twelve thirty meetings um, in West Hollywood, and and I, I met a guy who who talked about what was going on inside his head, who um, talked about that sick thinking. And um, I thought, that sounds so familiar. You know, that sounds like, like my other program. That I, I can relate to that. I'm going to talk to that guy. He has a limit. Um, and um, David took me through the steps, and it, and it again changed my life. It completely changed my life. Um, so what do I do? What do I do that, that keeps me here? Um, I, I, I get in front of you and I say, I'm a compulsive overeater, right? Um, flour and sugar are no longer a problem for me. I don't eat them, right? Um, I, don't, I don't eat compulsively. I've, I've been abstinent for a year and a half, but I still stand up here and I say, I am a compulsive overeater. So what, is that, what does that mean? Um, I've often heard it said here, and I'll, and I'll parrot it again, that these are just symptoms of my disease, right? That, that the eating is just a symptom of my disease. That the drugs and alcohol were just another symptom of my disease. That the, um, you know, shopping for jeans and, and Nikes are, uh, are, are just a symptom of my disease. You know, getting the right haircut and thinking that that's going to, like, somehow solve my problems is, like, just another manifestation of what's going on up here. And it's still going on up here. You know, I'm still afraid of the world. I'm still afraid of you. I'm still afraid to get up here and, and, and um, tell you about myself. I still go to work and, and get really defensive when someone challenges me and says, I think you should do something different about, you know, this. And I go, no. You know, if only... If only you do it my way, everything's going to be fine, right? And, and so that, that, like, little kid who was sitting in the field saying, why won't the kids play basketball by the rules of basketball, it's still, like, screaming at the whole world. And I, and I, and I go down the street, and, and I get stuck in traffic, and it's raining, and, and I just I lose it, you know? I... I spoke at, um, at a meeting a couple weeks ago, and, and my girlfriend was there, and I talked about what trouble I have with traffic. And then that very day, we went to Santa Monica, and we thought we'd have a real nice day together. And then on the way back, I, I, uh, I, I flip off a, a, a bus driver and scream at him, and she's just like, you, you just talked about working on that. You know? And, 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 I, and I, once again, I ruined a nice day because... because you're wrong and I'm right. And, and what is going on in my head is, is mental illness. You know, I'm, I'm mentally ill. I'm, I'm depressive. And, and, I, and I, treat, I treat that with compulsive behaviors. You know? That's okay. You know, I'm a human being. That's okay today. Um, so what, I, what do I do? Um, Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives would become unmanageable. I'm powerless over food. I'm powerless over shopping. I'm 
powerless over drugs and alcohol. I'm powerless over um, some days. I'm powerless over rice. You know, I can't have rice. And 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 I'm powerless over the cars that I want to buy. And I'm powerless over the raise that I want to get. And I'm powerless over every aspect of my life. I really am. I'm powerless over my thinking. My my thinking is totally unmanageable. What my first AA sponsor told me, you are not responsible for, for your first thought. You're not responsible for your second thought. You're not responsible for most of your thoughts, but you are responsible for your actions. Um, and so, so what do I do when I know that what's going on in my head is, is totally unmanageable? Um, I, I really, I have to believe that there's something that can come that can fix it. And, and what OA has given me is a relationship with a higher power. And, and that's what's really come into my life and, um, and, and restored some sanity. Um, you know, when the, when the second step says that we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to, to sanity, you know, it, it's referencing, referencing that unmanageability in the first step, right? My thinking is unmanageable. I'm insane. And if I believe that something can come into me and um, change the way that I think, then I, then I can get some peace. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't get that first. It took a lot of, it took a number of years to be willing to, to pray to a higher power. Um, and, um, and I heard G-O-D and I said, nope. Um, I'll just do what this guy says and my life will be okay. I'll follow the directions and my life will get better. And my life did get better. Um, but I didn't have a lot of peace up here. And when I became willing to pray, um, that's when my thought life really started to change. You know, I've undergone this huge transformation where my outside life completely changed, my body completely changed. Um, and, and now, a couple of years in, my, my thinking is starting to change. Um, so, so what does that look like? What do I do? I, um, first, I prayed for willingness. And um, then, like, willingness to pray, willingness to talk to a God. And then I, um, and then I uh, you know, I started praying in the morning. I'd say, God, help me have, have a good day. And then I'd start praying at night and say, God, thank you for, for helping me have a good day. Not, not necessarily believing, not sure if I believed in a God, you know, but like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm going through the motions. Um, and then um, people said, well, why don't you pray throughout the day? Why don't you go through your day asking for strength from your higher power to get through the day? Why don't you ask for some relief for what's going on inside your head? So now when I go to work and um, the boss says, hey, why don't you try doing it this way? Instead of saying, no, I know how to do this. Excuse me. I'm a professional and I can manage my business. Um, I, I say, God, can you help me with that thinking? Um, God, can you help me have a new experience? God, can you help me not react today. Um, God, thy will be done, not mine. Right? I, I even got this this app that um, it deems me every like couple hours, and it, it says like say a random prayer, and it's 
It's pretty cool. So now I get reminders even when I'm not like angry. And and I can go like you know, I get that ding and I can go, God, thank you for this moment. Right? Um, and I can take gratitude in, into my life and 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 my thought life is is um, it's completely changed. Uh, going through the rest of the steps, um, I cleaned up a lot of wreckage with my family that I had not cleaned up in the other program. Um, just today, I spent um, some time with my mom and my sister and her kids and um, my mom's sister and brothers, and it was it was a beautiful day, and, and nobody was worried about me there. You know? Nobody was... Um, Nobody was, was saying, so are you, are you doing okay? Do you, do you have a job? You know? They know that, like, I have a job today. They know that, like, I'm taking care of my, my head and my body today. You know, I'm, I'm paying back the money that I stole. And I'm, I'm showing up when they ask me to show up somewhere, even when it's an hour away and I'm only going to stay there for 45 minutes and have lunch and drive back for an hour. You know, I just, I just show up. Um, this this program has has um, it's it's completely it's completely changed my life and um, I, uh, I I heard uh, two chip takers tonight mention the gray area and um, thank God for the gray you know like I really I really thought it was oatmeal pollo girl pollo girl and um, you know it's it's not. It's not today, and um, not like I'm, I'm not speaking ill of anyone who's at um, you know food plan that is. Um, <laughs> I, thank God for the gray. You know I'm not perfect. I still um, think you know, man. If I just if I that that thought still comes to my head. If if the food was was a little bit better and I was a little bit skinnier, I'd feel a little bit better. You know my life would be a little bit more manageable. It's you know, I'm mentally ill, it's okay. And I can take that and I can go, God, can you help me with that thought? Um, I, I spent my whole life thinking that something outside of me would fill that hole that I felt inside. That the, the right car, the right job, the right girl, um, that all of this stuff would like fill that hole inside. And then I got all that stuff. And I was like, why do I still feel this way? You know? And, um, this program gave me a higher power that, that, that came into my life and, and filled that. that and, um, I, and I'm really grateful. Um, that's, that's all. I guess there's a few minutes left, so if there's any questions. Right. Um, I mentioned that I had a problem with the God thing. Was it that I didn't believe in God, or that I didn't think that God could help the food problem? I didn't believe in God. Um, I grew up pretty religious. Um, decided it wasn't for me. My first year of sobriety, actually, I, I went to church like almost every day, and I was like, I'm gonna get this thing, you know? And um, and 
And after a year, I was like, well, that didn't work. I, I still don't believe in a God. So um, it, it really took – so this program is, is, is experiential, right? It's not, like, informational. And all the people around me can, can tell me their experience with God and tell me that God is real and that God will work in my life. But until I actually experience it for myself, I just, I just didn't believe it. Is it okay to... I'll tell you after, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's my abstinence look like today? Um, I eat... I, um, I abstain from flour. I abstain from sugar. Uh, I abstain from recreational sugar. I don't, I'm not going to, like, trip about salad dressing or, or, or an apple. Um, I, my, I eat three meals a day. I don't eat in between meals. Yes. Um, so the, the question was, um, I mentioned rice and, and what is my experience when I have an obsession with food and how do I get out of it? Um, when you're severely overweight, like when I was severely overweight, I didn't want to hear this, but it's not about food, right? It's not about, it's not about the drugs and alcohol. It's not about the symptom. Um. When I, when I have those thoughts like, oh, I should really add rice to this dinner, um, sometimes I add rice to the dinner and sometimes I don't. And if I'm feeling pain about it, I talk to God about it. Um, I was, um, you know, ch- uh, uh, potato chips and tortilla chips are not flour nor sugar. And so <laughs> for, for a year and a half, I was, I was um, eating potato chips and, and corn tortillas occasionally, and, and I'd think, uh, you, know, um, you know, maybe maybe an extra bag of chips to this lunch at work would really increase the, you know, the volume of the lunch, and I'd feel better about myself and the world around me. <laughs> and, um, and eventually, it was actually a day I heard Aaron speak, and he was talking about food, and I said, and I texted David, I can't eat chips anymore. And he said, okay. And I, I expected him to say it's not about the food, but he said, he said, okay, don't eat chips. <laughs> you know, but, um, but it really has been my experience that, that if I go to more meetings, if, if, if I make more outreach calls, if I call my sponsor more regularly, if I text in my food at the end of the day and, and write out that 10th step and send it to him, if I find a guy that I can call that's new that I can help, if I make my program bigger, those things start to take care of themselves. Um, you know, I, I, I usually say this in my pitch, and I can't believe I didn't say it, but it, it says in the big book the foundation of our recovery is helping others, right? Um, it doesn't say the foundation of my recovery is helping alcoholics. It doesn't say the foundation of my recovery is helping compulsive overeaters. It doesn't say that the foundation of my recovery is helping homeless people. It just says others, Right, and if I can go throughout the day finding somebody to help, being of service, my my program gets bigger, my God gets bigger, 
Um, and, and that idea that something outside of me will fix what's going on inside of me gets a little bit smaller. And there's, there's not as much room for it. You know, if I'm thinking about you and what I can do for you to meet your needs, um, then I'm not worried about rice. I'm not worried about chips. Um, I did for a year. I haven't in six months. Um, oh, the question, do I weigh myself? Um, I did for the first year. I haven't in six months. I started I started lifting weights again. Um, and, you know, lifting and doing squats and all that, like I, I gained weight because it's muscle, right? And so I just stopped weighing myself. I was messing with my head. That's all the time I have. Thank you.